Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, salutations, greetings, Shlansha, all these sports fans. Thank you again for tuning in to the Nerd to Live podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas, and today, we're getting back into the lifting things. Yes, indeed. I want to thank you guys for uh, humoring. If you didn't enjoy the readings from my book, Brain Pan Amnesty, uh, or if you did, and you tuned in for them. I really appreciate it. I'm sure there will be some more. I do I do have more planned to share in terms of readings, but I've done three so far and felt that I'm sure y'all probably want to break. Should break it up, switch it up, give it new content, what have you. So I'm gonna do that. So we'll switch from the nerds back into the lifting. So we are the nerds who lift. Um, but I do, again, if, if you enjoyed the readings from Brain Pan Amnesty, please let me know. If you'd like to continue to hear more, I do have a couple more planned, but of course, I want to hear feedback. If you've ordered a book, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't yet to order a book, but you plan to, I really appreciate it. If you have thought about it, but really haven't determined it, I would appreciate it if you did, because uh, I would just love to share that. And I really enjoyed doing it. I've enjoyed sharing these things, finally. And uh, it's been really cathartic for me. And uh, again, I don't consider myself anything special because it, it is poetry. I mean, it's my—it's one of my one of my loves. I love musical theater. I love poetry. I love lifting. I love anime. I'm—I am a nerd. Like it, I say it, and people like it's—you know—it's popular maybe to say that, but I'm truly that, uh, and I'm proud of that. I embrace it. I lean into it. So. But also a nerd about lifting. I always have been. And I thought it'd be time to break down the other part of over the past few months that has really gotten me through my lows was prepping for the WRPF Nationals. Now, I'm also going to caveat that I'm also well aware I'm not that strong. I'm not. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. But it's okay. I'm working on it. I continue to, you know, my first meet was back in September of 2017 or 2018. It might've been 2018. I'd have to double check, but it was, it was that, um, my, you know, my, my best squat, it was 314, 231 and 424. Those were my best numbers from that meet. And then I had my second, which was in wraps. First was in sleeves, and second was in wraps, which was, um, the squat was a little bit better. It was 360-something, uh, 237 on bench, and then uh, 424 again. So it basically was no different. I just added a, like like 50 pounds, but that's because I did it in wraps. Um, so I got a little bit more out of that um, and whatnot. And it's still seven, both of them were seven for nine. Uh, my third meet which was uh, also in sleeves, um, but also pulled conventional. So it was a little bit different there. And then my uh, my fourth, which was back in wraps, so I've always alternated. So kind of have that alternation between uh, sleeves and wraps to you know get the, the benefit of both and building both and focusing in phases through there. 
Because they do. They do. They do blend into each other. The raw power you're going to build off sleeves due to less rebound is only going to build you to have a better wrap squat. And then you're going to overload with your wraps and really fine tune that technique to, to, uh, you know, to really utilize the wraps, but also emphasize and clean up your position to have the best power output. And so I really do feel like that actually that wraps do translate back into raw in terms of position. And that you're that the the better you're able to keep less horizontal displacement on the squat and be able to be more vertical up and down in your bar path is is what you emphasize in wraps because it's a little bit more secure you have less horizontal displacement and you're able to really keep that position drive into the wraps and then be able to you know explode out of the hole do that rebound and then you have again that whole overload work so then the stimulus you're going to get from that is just going to build you know, build more mass on top of it. So, again, I really do believe that they can work and complement each other. In the same way, conventional and sumo can really technically complement each other as long as you apply those te technical cues right and you know what you're, what you're trying to, to emphasize. For me, the better I got with my sumo technique, the better my conventional got. And the more conventional uh, work, you know, volume that I built, stronger my sumo got as long as I kind of kept that balance um, and it was able to you know through periodization switch those gears it helped and then bench same thing you know when it comes to like close grip feet back feet forward flat up heels up whatever um, they're changing your grips close grip wide grip um, you know, full grip suicide grip um, half grip etc etc you know it all just kind of depends you should try everything I really do believe that. I believe that if you're afraid to try to switch up your technique and really dedicate to it, I mean, give it a cycle. A cycle being like 12 weeks. I think a 12, like 12 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks is an actual like honest cycle of something. And if you're not able to give it that time to really build up, then you're never going to really find the benefit of that technique. I'm not going to adapt to it properly, and it maybe it maybe it works better for you. But nothing's going to work better right away. You need to give it time to build. You need to give it time to to uh, you know to be able to figure it out, to know what it's like on a good day, know what it's like on a bad day, um, and just fine tune it. Like it will carry over. It will. You have to be willing to take maybe a couple steps back in the weight, of course. But that's why you that's why you periodize. That's why you plan to do those things. You know, when you hit off season in the beginning, when things are low and you know not so heavy anyway, that way you can build up to it and you're gonna build you know wave into it. And then even if you don't stick with that, again, I did a meet conventional my third. I don't like to pull conventional, you know, uh, as my primary. I'm better at sumo in that, but I want to know what it was like to run a full peak and even run a meet in doing conventional. To say that I've done it, I did. Honestly, I feel like I'm better for it. So, you know, sorry for that sidebar and that tangent, but I do think it needed to be said. Anyway, so I did that. My fourth, I technically had a mock meet during COVID, but we don't really count that. Fourth meet, uh, Kabuki, back in wraps. And then fifth meet at Home Gym and Ironmongers uh, for sleeves. Ended up being my best meet, nine for nine. All that good stuff. Um, and then I had my, my sixth meet, WRPF Nets. So, also in wraps. And that one I finally was able to 
Well, not finally, but I, you know, I got a nice little total PR. I did PR the squat, no, plat no platform actually, and lifetime PR. That, uh, PR the deadlift. Did not PR my bench, sadly. So, I'll, you know, for breakdown of the WRPF Nats, we'll get to that, but just as, as a snapshot, I went eight for nine, so which is, by and large, just a good day. Um, my squat, I really wanted to break five, seven broken five, and you know, that's kind of a bummer. And I had it in me, but I ended up with 490 and some change, and it moved really, it was actually was my fastest squat, it was my best squat, so that's cool. Um, while my opener and the second were a little troublesome, on my opener, I my my uh, left wrap came undone. I had was there was a guy who stepped in who was nice enough to wrap me. His name was Darian. He was a great guy. And originally he was like, well, let me learn how to wrap how you wrap yourself. And maybe you know some people like that. And I was like, okay, sure. And I usually do a tie off because when I'm by myself, that's a little easier than trying to do a pull through. So he tried to do the tie off, and you know we we. He did a good rap, and but of course it wasn't a whole lot of slack, and you know, and you know, I was already like had you know, like a warm-up pump for warm-ups and all that good stuff, and you know, it uh, I wasn't able to really we weren't really able to cinch, cinch that left one down. So when I went to do it, it popped off. So I had to really quickly just like re-wrap it and tie it off. Um, so it was loose, and it was an opener. It still felt fine, but it moved definitely a lot slower than an opener should or that weight usually does for me especially in reps it moves smooth but it was slow um you know is what it is but i was fine i was like okay cool no worries it's just the wrap but again no extra effort i didn't feel burnt i didn't struggle it was slower second attempt i was like dude do the wrap you're comfortable with just give me a good wrap i don't care how it's wrapped as long as it's solid and he did he actually is a very good knee wrapper once I, he just did what he was comfortable with, it was perfect. But on the second, it was kind of a diagnostic. Usually for the first, for classic, your opener, you know, when you get to the platform, you're gonna have to kind of like find how the wrap feels. That's why it's an opener. You're like, all right, where's my depth? Where's the rebound? How's it feel with the wraps? Like, you know, if you're on the mono, coming out of the mono, if you're walking out. So you kind of are finding, and the weight's light enough that you can do that and get away with it. So you can kind of do a little test run with that at the platform, you know, as where maybe your depth and everything needs to be, or maybe how strict the judges are. So, uh, unfortunately, I had to do that on my second. So I really sunk my second with that new wrap to kind of find where the rebound was and where the depth was going to be with it. And therefore, I fucking dunked it. And again, it moved well, slow, but not a grinder. Um, you know, it didn't look bad, no, no form breakdown or anything. Just it was, I dunked it. Like 460 and some change, um, and you know, moved well. But considering all that, uh, Scott, my coach, wanted to play it safe, and he was like, Oh, shoot, oh man, you're kind of struggling. And I wasn't, I just hadn't really, I haven't, hadn't found the right um, timing and depth with the wraps with that, you know, with uh, daring and wrapping me. But I did on the second one, he was like, Okay, cool, like you had like two extra inches of depth you could cut. It's like, All right, sweet. So when it came time for the third, he played it safe. He went to 490 instead of trying to break five. Uh, but I knew where my depth was, so I was able to cut the depth properly, and that thing just went boing, shot right up. And that was super cool. It ended up being my best looking and my fastest squat because I had the right wrap, and then I knew the timing of the wrap and where the depth was. So it was fine. Had I been able to you know, dial that in, 
uh, on the first one like I did on the second, then it, it probably would have been there. But I mean, I definitely had over five in me by the way that moved. So that's my constellation class. Uh, bench had been my nemesis all prep. All prep, I had an issue with uh, weight. I kept losing weight. I was like, by the, in August, by August, I was 218.6. I was like, cool, fill out my weight class. I, do, I didn't want to lean out. I definitely didn't I wanted to like, you know, a little of the fluff that comes with that. I you know, kind of wanted to like expel, I guess you could say, but not really lean, but just like you know, lose that. So I was fine, maybe I'll like, you know, 210, 213. Like being between there, I'd been like, cool. Um, you know, so I start working for that. Uh, I was running Sustanon, um, not a lot, honestly, like 250. And then I was running a, uh, a blend of uh, Test Pro, Masteron, and, uh, and Trent Hex. Trent Hex? Yeah, and Trent Hex. So this particular uh, compound that I had was a blend of those three. So one milliliter was 50 milligrams of each of those. So one milliliter was uh, 50 Test Probe, 50 Masteron, 50 Trent Hex. Um, and then I ran that at, um, there's like two and a half MIGs. I, I pin three times a week. So I was doing um, 0.2 since it was like doing about 200 to 220 of the Sustanon, and then I was doing about essentially uh, 60-ish, 70-ish milligrams of, uh, of each of those, the Test Pro, the Trendex, and the Master. Again, if you were to like break it down into those things. Because one pin for me was about, um, yeah, it was about five, on the five mark, so two, about there. So that's what I was running uh, from August, the beginning of August, into uh, towards the uh, end of September, beginning of October. And again, I was 218, and all of a sudden I started losing weight. I was like, I couldn't keep it on. Part of it is I did start a new job, and so driving more, uh, and I was, you know, I was eating the same amount, but not more. And sometimes less, it's true, because it's with work and stuff. But I was eating. It, just, it definitely wasn't enough. But I wasn't eating, per se, less. Um, I was trying to eat the same. But, you know, of course, prep starts going up. And then my, my weight just kept going down and kept going down. By the end of fucking um, September, beginning of October, my ass was, uh, like, 203, 205. Like, where are they going? And my bench definitely suffered. My lips, some of my lips took, took a hit when I wasn't, when I was definitely underfed on some days. Once I was like, man, I gotta eat more, and I kind of made more priority for that, that the strength started coming was was there, but I was lean. I leaned out a lot. But I essentially lost almost 20 pounds between, uh, you know, towards the end of August into the beginning of October. So not a lot. I mean, it was all by accident, too. Bench took definitely the biggest hit on that as, as I went forward. And I had to find out why. I mean, again, I know not eating enough and then the training getting harder. But then I also realized I was running that probe, trend and Masteron blend. Uh, when I'd run that before, I never had, I never lost weight. And I realized I usually would run that in, uh, in tandem with, like, Anadrol. Uh, usually it was my go-to. Um, so and I would run that stack with Anadrol. The Anadrol would help me kind of keep the weight on. Without that, that test probe, the Trend Hex and Masteron is like a cutting stack. 
So my metabolism went, was up very, very high while training harder, but not eating enough. Um, so I essentially put myself in an unintentional deficit. It's kind of what I've uh, deduced. So um, at the beginning of October, I switched from that just to EQ. So for the rest of the prep, um, into just this week, when I finally tapered off the EQ, I was just running sustenance on. I went up a little bit to about 300 a week from like 220, 250-ish. Uh, and then for the EQ, I was doing, the, what was it? Um, about 250 to 270. It was under 300 a week of the EQ. Essentially, it was like 300 and let's say, Averaged about 260-ish of EQ. Uh, that's it. So from October to the meet, and then a little bit after, actually just this week, where I finally tapered the EQ off fully and just on sust, that's when I ran. Um, and I liked it a lot. I liked the fullness of the EQ. I had a run EQ before, and I have, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, again, I know I run a lot of anything for me, and but it, it helped filling with the joints, um, definitely more fullness. You know, I still lean. I still weighed in fucking light. I, weighed, I went, when I weighed in, I went to breakfast first, and a huge breakfast and snacks, and I weighed in at 2.03 when I went to weigh in. Uh, so, you know, there's that. But the strength was there. Um, so all that said, when I come, uh, you know, bench took the biggest hit technically, but come meet day, uh, you know, with Scott actually in person, he gave me a few cues that just fucking clicked, finally. One thing for bench for me is I've always felt that I can never find the right groove that worked with my body. I learned how to squat, I know the groove. I learned how to deadlift, I know the groove. So then I can build on those grooves and refine them, even through bad days. At least I, you know, I know what the foundation is. Bench, I could never, I felt like I never could find the, a solid foundation. That foundation was always shifting. Therefore, it's hard to build when your foundation is always shifting. And through there, I continued, you know, it was always hard. So bench has been my slowest build. In March, I finally broke 300 after three years, and being in the weight that I'm in and at my age group, like that's really sad. I mean, even at this, you know, the meet, I, you know, I'll, I'll get to it. But it was always just kind of a crapshoot. But finally, he had mentioned about uh, pulling my hips in line in 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 the using the my primary leg drive engine being my hamstrings. So using the hamstrings to pull my hips in line into the brace, so pulling my brace down, kind of like as you do for, for a squat, you kind of pull your brace down and push into your belt, um, you know, pulling your ribs down. With bench, even though you have that arch, the arch is coming from your T-spine, which is mobile. Uh, your L-spine, the lumbar spine, is, a, is not mobile. I mean, it's mobile, but it's meant to be a stability portion. It's not meant to be a mobile, a, uh, a action mobilizing portion as your T-spine is. So your T-spine, though, is an extension. You're still trying to keep neutral and solid and brace and pressurize your, you know, your lumbars and your L-spine in that same, same area as usual. So, and I'd always been trying to push that. I was always having trouble. I always you know, felt like I was losing my legs. And finally, he's like, use your hamstrings as the driver. So use your hamstrings to essentially pull your hips into your brace, you know, line them up and then have your hammies be the primary loader. From there, using that primary loader, um, I braced and then everything else just fucking clicked. I could feel my lats as I set the lats. I, I set my, 
my hammies pull my hips down, hips are in line, and, and the hammies are driving that leg drive pressure. And as I braced, I'm stacking on top of that pressure, that's stacked. And then on top of that brace pressure, I was able to really force and uh, get that lat engagement against that. So it was almost like stacking tension from, from feet to hammies to brace to lats obviously to gripping the bar and that fucking did it and bench started flying my warm-ups flew it felt awesome it looked good best bench ever ever has for me and so I was stoked uh opener flew second flew finally and uh so he I think he uh really wanted to um just make the jump since I you know I had more on squat he's like oh man you know he had more I had more in squat because I didn't sandbag it, but just, you know, me finding my groove. So I think he wanted me to be aggressive um, with that. So he made the strategic choice of my second only doing 290, 291 or 292, whatever it is. Um, so that would save a little energy to have more and then go for 314. And come that 314, I felt good. I wanted it set up. Felt good coming out of the rack. Felt good waiting for the start command. Felt good on the way down. And because of that, I was like, all right, I'm going to drive it up. And then when it came to that, when I got that press, I got it pretty fast too. I drove and honestly thought it was going to be more of a fight to get it off the chest, but it popped up and I was, and I was surprised. Like, oh shit. It came up. And in that, and in that moment, I remember I was, I drove up, not back. And when you're in those heavy benches, you need that that J kind of that J hook bar path uh, to drive backwards to get you know to get it uh, back into the into your shoulder range. Because if you just go straight up, you know the bar sits too low below your shoulders. It, you know you can't front delt raise, do a horizontal front delt raise. The you know like max bench back into its uh, groove position, which is essentially what I did. It came up a lot faster than I thought. I didn't press back as you know sooner, and so by the time it went straight up, I was like, "Oh, cool!" And I was like, "Oh, sure, I gotta go back." I was too far forward, and and I was stuck. I wasn't able to correct it, unfortunately. And, and you know, I tried, and finally, I, it just stood there, stood there, stood there, and finally, they took it. it. Didn't start going down. They just, I just was stuck in that position, and then they take it. So that was a bummer. So therefore, I only, you know, lit, you know, I left the meet on the board at only under 300 it sucks but I moved to 314 I felt well and it did feel good and it did shock me I knew it was just a meant I just was surprised and it was a position thing I do feel next time I can get it and now that I understand this groove for a bench and this position then I can build on it because now I've been able to recreate it I'm on my way to bench right now because I'm in the car so multitasking going from work and since then I've been able to recreate and rerun those steps that we worked on at the meet and that's been consistently good and just refining that so now I now I have that to build on with that foundation I do feel that that'll be there next time so it's a bummer that I had to leave with under three but I left with more I feel because now I have something that I can truly build my bench and now continually build it instead of it being just hit and miss but getting on the wall we'll see what works so that was that. Um, then we went into deadlifts, and deadlifts honestly felt good. I was excited for the day. You know, it, was, it was a really fun meet, and it was well run, honestly. And it was a good old time. 
they moved well. Um, you know, I'm always you know, I'm relatively happy with technique. I'm always looking to get my sumo better. I always want it to be cleaner and look better, especially in those heavier weights. So I nitpicked, but as a whole, I didn't look, I didn't break form too bad. Um, you know, very minimal if anything, and just more of adding things to the technique as opposed to not doing something. So that's cool. Uh, but I did end with a PR, uh, 551, um, which was, and it was clean, and, and again, I probably maybe had some 560 in there, um, so again, just going to keep honing that and refining that technique because it's been working, and as well as the setup with the higher hips and just trying to get a little bit more vertical, you know, we'll continue to get more vertical, always with sumo. So yeah, so that's what I ended with. I had that 490, unfortunately the 292, but... 314 moved and now I have a foundation for bench and then a 551 for the pull um, that did also give me a total PR um, it was a 1333 uh, my best for my last my last uh, wrapped meet at Kabuki Portland which was a shit show it was only 1300 and then my, my uh, sleeve meet in March was 1306 because um, I was able to make it up because I got my best bench um, then which was 308 so so yeah, so I mean, there, there we go. I mean, ben, meets always have those up and downs and they vary. Uh, but that was my prep. And honestly, it was a hard prep. I had to do a lot of adjusting to the numbers um, in terms of just like my sets and reps. Like I usually would hit the weight prescribed and try to hit the top set, but I wasn't always getting my back down sets or my accessories. Um, I had a lot of traveling for work. I had to be in LA for two weeks and live at an Airbnb for a project they had me on. So there's always one thing, there's always something. There's always something so there was definitely not ideal also while going through my own you know uh, mental struggles and battles with that going through therapy but one thing that kept me going was to be at that meet I wanted to make sure I was at that meet come hell or high water I was going to be at that meet if somehow I got hurt and wasn't able to lift I still was going to go to that meet uh, in some way like I was going to show up and so even going with a hard prep and not really knowing how that was going to go I was going to show up I decided that was going to be what I lifted. It was going to be how I lifted it. It's not what you move, it's how you move it, and it's with how much heart you move it. And that was my goal. That was all my goal, is just to move inspired and just to go out there and leave it. And I, I do feel that I did, and I was proud of myself. And I am proud of myself for that. And um, I want to continue to always do that as I move forward in the sport, in my career, into every competition that I do. And honestly, I, once I stop worrying about numbers and I start worrying about form, execution, and just the mindset of, again, of just how I move, how I left, and the intention behind it, I do better. That's been my goal. And it was my goal then, and it will continue to be, be, be my goal moving forward. Um, and of course, the irony is that because of that and the open mindset and kind of that liberating perspective is you do actually end up learning and picking up nuanced ideas and concepts like finally learning how to bench or finally learning you know you know things that actually do help you progress so it's almost like once you let something go then usually it's when you're, you're uh, <laughs> you may get it or get something you know to that degree maybe it's not exactly how you thought it would be but you get it in a different way as odd as that is and it's probably just the cosmic humor of life itself so that was that. It was a good time. Again, I had that total PR, you know, and just I learned a lot from both of those things. All three of the lifts to continue to build on. 
And really, I have come a long way. I'm a little skinny guy who looked like he was 22, 23, even at 27, 28. You know, I had a 314, 231, 424 for my lifts to go to, you know, 490 with five in the bag. 308, my best you know bench in March, but you know, I moved that 314 and that 551 move with you know, more in it, so getting closer to 600 you know, every cycle. It's a slow and steady. Like I'm not the naturally strongest person. I'm not an impressive lifter by any means, but I'm tenacious. You know, I'm nerdy when it comes to technique, to bracing, to understanding how how lifting works, uh, and the, even the PEDs and the drugs that go along with that. I try to be wary of and just be. But it's been a steady climb. So when I actually look at the, the totality and the entirety of everything, I'm really proud of that. It's been a, to continually to improve, but also what the sport is giving me from this podcast, meeting all of you, you know, who have met me through this podcast or my lifting, being able to now even make a book. And through that book, honestly, I, I was able to do that through the confidence um, and just what I've learned through lifting that I've met through lifting and their support and inspiration. And it's all of that. Like, all of it ties together. And then I'm able to even, you know, promote my book here on my channel or share with my other, you know, friends. I mean, everyone who's now bought a book, I've known through lifting through some way. Most most of them. Like, I would say literally the majority. Probably 95% of the people so far who've ordered a book or all my people I've met through lifting. So, this sport has granted me many things outside of just, you know, uh, a hobby, a sport that I love, uh, learning how to lift, getting stronger, all that stuff. It's, it's just, it's a, an expression and a vehicle for much bigger things that have now carried over into other aspects. And that's pretty cool. That's what it can do. That's why I say anything can be an art. It's the intention that you put behind it. Everything is a craft if you treat it with that respect and that, again, it's not what you do, it's how. So yeah, that was essentially the prep of the WRPF Nats in a snapshot, a summary with some tangents, and it was a great time. I want to thank uh, everybody who was so supportive, especially with such a hard time. Uh, you know, Scott Stronghouse, my coach, uh, Monica, my best friends, who's been supportive with me through the everything, uh, Celia, my friend and roommate, and we trained together, and, um, all of Ironmongers, Rick Simmons, everybody is my, my home gym and my family and because of them I have a life in San Diego so yeah a lot to be thankful for and look forward to the next one so hope you enjoyed this breakdown um, if there's any more questions you have about the prep about what we had to do um, you know anything that, you know of course always feel free to reach out on the socials uh, share it and yeah until next time Thank you for tuning in, the Nerds Who Love podcast. Catch you on the flip side. See you later, y'all.